following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Welcome to 11pm Somewhere Podcast, the number one craft beer podcast in Ireland. I'm your host, Dean, and each week I jump upon my beer crate adorned by craft beer parachute, shooing away the bland taste of stullers at a macro beer producing world to lend my voice to the Irish craft beer revolution. Thanks for hitting that download button and for daring to put the world's most dangerous craft beer podcast into your ears for yet another week. I want to thank everyone who helped us get over the 400 follower mark on the Twitters. We're somewhere around 424, I think, just before I hit this show up. And uh, you know what? It's been great that we've had so many fantastic fans decided to follow on the show, hitting that download button and checking out each episode, dropping in emails to the show. It has been great, and it's been hugely humbling and hugely gratifying. I'm hoping to keep moving this forward. The Bastard Dog series, if you haven't been following it on YouTube, it has been getting some good downloads. I didn't think it would get any downloads, and yet it has. Make sure you follow that show on Twitter, at Bastard Dog Beards. You can also check it out on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash 11pm somewhere. Let's get into this week's show. Every week, I keep talking about what's new in the Irish craft beer revolution, things that are happening, and... A lot of it actually seems that it comes from sort of uh, the mature craft beer drinker. When I say a mature craft beer drinker, I mean someone who's quite experienced, they're quite uh, far along in terms of their craft beer experience. And sometimes, yes, even I forget there are new people constantly coming into the craft beer scene. People who are finding their feet with some new first beers. And people who are making that foray away from macro beers into the world of flavor. Taking that one-way trip to Flavortown to actually finally leave behind the fizzy piss from the men in the grey suits. And they come and join us in the craft beer revolution. And they get in there and you know what? It is just like having a buffet put in front of you and you don't know whether to shit or wind your watch. That's how sometimes it can be so overwhelming for these people. And you know what? A regular listener to the show, Tim, dropped in a real humdinger of an email. And you know what? It really speaks a lot. And Tim himself would say, you know, he's not incredibly new to craft beer. He's been drinking it for quite some time. But, you know, he raised some really, really interesting points. You know what it is? I'm going to read Tim's email because you know what? It's important to understand it. Now, this is going to be a long bastard of an email, so you're going to need to bear with me. So, Tim writes in to me, Hi, Ian. Just on your thoughts of beers to introduce craft beer novices to, I think Founders All Day IPA is a really good starting point. It's quite similar to Punk in style, but at 4.7 ABV, it's a percentage less than Punk, and it still packs in a lot of flavor. I had it on draft in the Brewdock a few weeks back, and it was absolutely fantastic. Much better than in the bottle. I'd tasted previously, but maybe my bottle had lost some of its hoppiness and the freshness. Another beer I have to recommend to newbies is Black's The Session. A really balanced ale, very approachable, and at just 3.7% ABV, it will keep your head clear. Not sure if this one will be a seasonal, but I hope it keep it permanently. 
Bow Bristles Amber Ale is also a good choice for beginners. It has that bit of hop flavor without overwhelming the senses too much. So, you know, let's just take that section of that email first. You know, I am completely with you on this. Punk IPA is something that I personally have given to a lot of people as their starting point. And yes, that's me being a bit of a sadistic bastard in one respect, but I completely agree with you. Founders All Day IPA is a really good starting point. It's packed up with flavor. You know, 4.7%. Yes, it is over 1% less than Punk. And I do believe that, like, uh, you know, bottle for bottle, it does pack a crap ton of flavor. You know, my counter to that would be, um, would be, I would say, probably Rue from Brew Brewery. You know, some people will say, hey, you're being really biased, dude. You're like, uh, you're sitting under dicks an awful lot lately. I'm doing it with a very good reason. That beer is absolutely fucking fantastic, and I dare anyone to dispute the quality of that beer and the consistency of that beer. It stands on its own merits. It is a kick-ass beer. There are a shit ton of fans. And, you know, that beer is really those guys' ticket right now. And, you know, from talking to the boys over the weekend at a brewery tour I attended, uh, the Dublin Beer Ladies, um, you know, that beer is taking off so much for them, and it's bringing in a lot of fans and a lot of orders, so, you know, and rightfully so. Equally, equally, I would also say, you know, despite my reservations and some of the comments I made on Twitter, which seem to get some people's fucking backs up, Galway Hooker is a good beer to get into as a starting beer. I think there's nothing... As a starting beer, it's fine. There's plenty of flavor in it. Similarly, and I don't give a shit who wants to dispute this, I would still say some of the beers at Arroyo River are good starter beers. Their beers have actually rated fairly well um, amongst women from some of the, the Irish style magazines when they've actually put craft beers in front of them. They've done particularly well. You know, you can have your views and your opinions on their beers on the guys about the fact that they started out brewing in their beer in the UK and they're moving the brewing back home to Ireland but you know what their beers fucking stand up and when they're brewed in Ireland we're going to put all the shit to bed with them uh, and you know I would completely agree Black's The Session is an amazing beer and I've had some private conversations with Sam about this beer how much I really really dig it and I would absolutely agree with you 3.7% keep your head clear beautiful beer I think and I hope that becomes a staple beer for him I really do, because I think, you know what, KPA is a fantastic beer, and I'd argue that KPA is a great alternative to Punk IPA, hands down. Uh, and you know what, I think their Black IPA is a fantastic beer as well, but I do think having Session in there would give them just that extra bit of thing to go down. I mean, to me, I look at it as this, I would say that is Sam's equivalent of, and Sam, please don't fucking bite my head off for this or give me shit over, but it, I think it's a fair comparison. Sam's KPA is Brewdog's Punk. And in fact, in some cases, I think, depending on the day, it tastes a little bit fucking better. Uh, and yes, you did hear just hear me say that. Sam's Black IPA put it next to Brewdog's Libertine. Again, depending on the day, they're, I think they're fairly interchangeable. In fact, there's some days I think that, that, that Sam's uh, Black IPA is better. Session in there for um, their Dead Pony Club. And I mean, I know it's not style for style in that case, but you know what, in terms of a low beer that packs an awful lot of flavour, I think Session, there's some days, I think that's actually a better beer um, for Dead Pony Club. And here's the reason why, just with that one in particular, Dead Pony Club, I often feel, needs to be a couple of percent higher, just for the type of beer that it is. I think it's underwhelming for the amount of flavour that's going on there in terms of ABV. And I think it loses a couple of bits and pieces, whereas Session, I just think, 
just sits in the pocket nicely and it is it is beautiful. And you know what, I would agree with you there as well. Sometimes the beer, well, let me just get into this whole thing about the idea of American beers on draft versus American beers on bottle. Sometimes American beers in a bottle, especially some of the founder stuff, is actually fresher than the draft stuff. We're actually getting founders beers being turned around into Ireland at a fair, at a much quicker rate than we would have in the past in terms of American beers coming into Ireland. And sometimes we're actually getting them fresher than some of the other states in the US when you're talking about statewide distribution. And it literally is because distribution laws in the US in terms of going state to state are bullshit and horrible. And anyone who follows any of the craft beer brewers or some of their lawsuits against their distributors in other states... Uh, or even in their home states, you know, it is a fucking horrible situation and something I am thankful we don't have a problem of. We've got our own issues. Bow Bristles Amber Ale, again, can't go far wrong with that either. I think it's a fantastic beer, but you know what? I'll throw in one or two other beers that I think are great uh, for introducing the craft beer novices. I would say, quite happily, that 8 Degrees Held in Gale, you can't go far wrong with. Their Sunburnt Red, I don't think you can go far wrong with either. If we were to throw in a couple of more, just as an example, um, I would probably have to say, actually, Mountain Man's Hairy Goat. I, I think that's a fantastic beer to introduce people to, as is his Green Bullet. I think they are two beers that are well worth putting in front of people. And I think that you can't go far wrong. So there's a couple of extra ones just on top of that. Um, one of the other questions that uh, Tim sort of raised, and I'll get into this now, I'll just go back into reading his email. I'm sure hop lovers know that getting your hoppy beer as fresh as possible is really important. As I understand that as soon as that beer goes as soon as that beer goes into the bottle, flavours and aromas start to fade. On the other hand, porters and barley wines will improve or at least change their flavour profile over time. How can I tell how old my beer is? I believe that breweries put a bottling date on the labels of their beers, however these dates are as simple as bottled on, say twentieth may twenty fourteen. Do all brewers breweries include a bottling date? Is the same format used? I'm blind, so when I go into an off-license, I'm usually depending on the person serving me to interpret any information on the bottom label. Sometimes there is no bottling details, and other times I don't think they know how to read it. This, of course, mightn't be their fault. I don't know if it's always there, and if it is as simple as a date. Will my porter actually taste better if I put away in the cellar for a year? At what point does it stop on proving? If I wanted, if I waited five years, would it be even better or would it be undrinkable? Personally, I snagged two bottles of 200 Fathoms in February. I drank one more or less straight away and put the other one away. How long should I keep it, I wonder? Another thought I have is, do imperial-style beers, which are not porters, i.e. beers like hardcore, improve with age, or will the hop flavours fade in a similar way to lighter-style pale ales? What about Belgian sours and wheat beers? I'm thinking these are best drunk young. Okay, so let's get into that section of things. Okay, in terms of hoppiness, here's the thing. When you get into the dry hopping stage of a beer, in terms of, like, you know, that last segment just before they go and... They send it for going for um, uh, into get bottling or get prepared to get shipped out into kegs and rails. Where they're just basically pounding it up with extra with extra hops. You know that's the flavor stage in terms of the aroma and in terms of maybe some minor parts of the taste as well. And you, Tim, you are absolutely right. As soon as that beer gets into the bottle, that aroma starts to fade. You know the beer is at its best just before it goes and leaves uh, the bright tanks. That's when it's at its 
absolute best. And you're so right. The the longer it stays in the bottle, it starts to fade. Those aromas start to disappear, especially in things like IPAs and in pale ale and in um, in lagers as well. If I'm brutally honest with you, I think the two of them start to fade very very quickly. Uh, and especially American style pale ales, which tend to be like ridiculously overhopped, I think they start to fade straight away. Um, and they, I don't think they hold up as well over time in terms of keeping them. Uh, the first thing that definitely goes is the aroma. And with IPAs, what you're going for is hugely aromatic. Great thing about having Irish craft breweries that do IPAs is you're getting the beer pretty fresh, which means you're getting all the aromas and everything else. For American beers coming in on bottle that are gr- like grossly overhopped, you know, you tend to lose them because they tend to be sitting around quite an awful lot, or we get them much later on. Um, as I said in the in the previous part, where I was answering the other question. Founder stuff is coming in pretty pretty well, pretty quickly, so you're not losing as much Brewdog beers. Now here's the thing: last year we were getting old Brewdog beers in some cases, and that was just. Uh, I don't think there was too much love shown to the Irish market. Currently, there is so much fucking love shown to the Irish market and so much of that beer from that uh, brewery being consumed and being bought in this country that we are now getting beers literally within four days of coming off the line. And this was confirmed to me by the guys in Brewdog. I was on a phone call with them for quite some time in the last two weeks um, just trying to arrange some final bits and pieces as I head over to the Equity Punk AGM. Uh, in the next fortnight or so, or next three weeks, um, and they were telling me that hey, you know, you guys are actually getting bottles literally within four days, and you know, I completely believe that um, because some of the labels that I've actually bought uh, on the bottles is that they're telling me that like the best before date is sometime well into next year. A couple of the other ones that I bought recently, like I got some uh, Paradox Hill Heaven, got some of their Blackjack Saison, I got some more Coco Psycho, um, Imperial Chocolate Porter. And I got some of the Shipwreck Circus, which is uh, their US-style barley wine that's a uh, collaboration with Oscar Blues, the same people who do Dale's Pale Ale. Um, and uh, the Fiddy um, Stout as well. Those uh, beers, like some of them have got like best before dates of like 2022, 2024. One of them was 2019 as well. So, like, they tend to go, like, have they, those beers tend to get better with age and they're designed to get better with age. You know, I had a couple of bottles of the um, the 200 Fathoms as well, and I like you, Tim. I actually consumed one, um, not straight away. Here's the thing I actually waited a couple of weeks, and this was on the advice of the Irish beer snob. It was like, hey, that stuff has literally gone into the bottle. Yes, it'll taste fantastic because it's been sitting around the casks for a bit, but you know what? When it gets into the bottle, let it go and sit and mature itself in the bottle for a bit more and then crack into it. And I think I waited something like about maybe five, six or seven weeks um, before I opened up a bottle of that. And I still have a couple of bottles sitting there that I'm not going to touch because I want to see how they age out over time. Those kind of beers, those imperial double strength beers, get better. I opened up on a Friday night a bottle of the new 18.2% Brewdog Tokyo beer. Now, that one had a best before date of 2024. Um, and I opened it up because, you know what, I actually hadn't had the 18.2. And I would really, I, you know what, I wasn't prepared to wait around to go and try it. And I can tell you that, like, if that beer tastes like that now, I, you know what, I'm going to be putting another bottle of that away and I'm going to try it again 
next year and I'll get a couple more bottles and I'll try them year after year and see how they mature because those ones just tend to get better and better. That's just because they're very, very high in alcohol. They tend to be fortified and anything which is like bordering on fortified, uh, you know, they just generally tend to age better. It's just the natural way with anything which is higher alcohol. They just tend to age and mellow out um, because you are getting like the booziness is actually what's keeping an awful lot of things in play. Uh, let's talk about things like hardcore IPA. Does it improve with age? Hell no, it doesn't improve with age. Hardcore IPA, and I can say this hand on heart as someone who likes drinking Brewdog beers and really likes hardcore IPA as a beer, as that beer ages, it starts to fucking suck. Uh, it is the one thing which really is annoying with that. And you've, if you've got like a beer, a bottle of that which has um, aged a little bit, uh, it's been left to age quite quite a lot. You know, it, it loses so much. It loses the big hoppy notes. It loses that big bust ass um, sort of ore hopped, smacking the crap out of your mouth feel with its hops and you know it, it doesn't hold its age well it really really doesn't and the flavors they didn't fade it didn't fade fast enough but i mean i had one which was coming up to about nine ten months old and it was it wasn't as nice it really really wasn't in terms of belgian sours um here's the thing i've actually had a couple of sour beers where the aging on them i've seen best before labeled being for in a couple of years time i think there was one i was drinking quite recently which was a gaze and I think the best before date on it was 2020. Was the best before date. It was some month. I can't remember the exact month. But it was 2020 anyway. So there's a couple of years on those beers. And they just tend to get better. Wheat beers. You know what? I I really don't know about wheat beers. I mean I'm not a huge fan of them. I haven't drunk an awful lot of them. It's not a, a beer style that I'm familiar with. Or I want to, or have spent any real amount of time in terms of learning. So you know what? Anyone out there who has information about like whether you think wheat beers tend to last particularly long, hit me up on the Twitter. I'll pass it on to Tim, and Tim will be quite happy, and that'll be epic. Um, in terms of, you know what? At what point does it stop improving? You know what? I've seen some YouTube videos on YouTube with guys who take imperial porters that have been left sitting there for eight years. And you can see that the bottle cap and the bottle label is starting to look a little bit fucked up. And you've seen them pour the beers out and they've been like, you know what, it's actually lost nothing. Taste is a subjective thing. That's what worries me. If they say, like, hey, nothing's gone wrong here, I can guarantee I could pass that to someone who's a little bit more sensitive taste-wise and their perception might be, Jesus Christ, this beer has gone to hell in a handbasket. Um, and there are other people who would be like, no, you know what, that's just really, really aging. And, you know, and it really depends on how you're keeping the beer. It depends on so much, like the the conditions that you're keeping that beer in and you're storing it in. That will play a huge part into whether flavors will evolve or whether they're going to die and die horribly like a zombie coming back to life. Um, and I think that's a huge, huge point to that. And... I think there are some people who are quite happy to let beer age out. I'm one of those people actually as well as I'll buy beers and I'll put them away. And there's certain beers that I'll keep for quite some time. I have an awful lot of like high alcohol brew dog ones that I've I've got sitting there. And they've got like like really distant best before dates. And those beers will be let sit there for a while. I've got other Brewdog beers that are like when I start seeing that they are best before and they're like uh, 2015 beers... 
I know that they are going to be beers that, yes, they might last out till 2015, but that for the maximum amount of flavour, consume now and consume as, as soon as I have them. Um, and this, I would say, is also goes the same for beers by McKellar as well. Uh, his high alcohol ones, I don't think, tend to last very long. Now, one beer I would say to you as well, and here's a bit of a shocker with this, Sink the Bismarck. Sink the Bismarck, if you buy a bottle of it, um, this is a beer I don't believe that actually holds up pretty well over time. Uh, and certainly from talking to a number of people who've bought bottles of it, and they, some of them have kept it for quite some time, and it's just basically gone to shit. And then there are others who have, like, let it go just that little bit too far like you know, where they've like oh it's been sitting there for over a year and now it's terrible and like yeah well you that's a beer which i don't think is designed to pretty much uh be sitting around for a year despite its alcohol volume i think just because like sink the bismarck is effectively where it's a hugely concentrated version of hardcore ipa again i think it loses a lot of a tactical nuclear penguin i think holds up an awful lot better uh, and I think that's just because of the style of um, of beer that that's actually based on. I don't think that's intended to be hugely hoppy. I think that's just intended to be hugely boozy. So I think that holds up a lot better. What Dicky, from what I've been told and my experiences from other people who've put their hands on it, that holds up particularly well. Um, so, you know, I think it just depends for some beers, that uh, depending on what the profile is. Again, things like 200 Fathoms, I believe, will actually hold up quite well. In fact, I'm, I hope that this year I'll crack open one of my next bottle of that at Christmas and I'll crack open another one again next year. Um, and maybe I'll... I don't know if the, if the other one will actually last another year. Um, I'll need to wait and see how that one goes. Um, but you know what? I want to get into sort of Tim's last part of things, Okay. Um, Tim wanted to throw out the idea like, as to how people drink craft beer by that he means that when you go out to a pub or the off license you drink different beers during the evening or do you stick to the same beer he says personally when I go to the off license at the pub first question I usually ask is what's new in this week I invariably end up buying different beers each time I go into an off license or pub of course I have some firm favourites but even so I seem to keep trying new ones on a sort of quest for the holy beer grail with so many craft beers out there and so many new beers arriving all the time, it's impossible to limit yourself to a pint of the quote-unquote usual. I wonder if I'm unusual in this regard, or do all craft beer lovers drink like this? Regards, Tim. So as you can see, Tim sent in the mother of all emails into the show. Uh, you know what, I really have to say thank you to Tim uh, for like taking the time to send in that hefty motherfucker of an email so many questions i don't have all the answers i'll never purport that i have all the answers i have opinions but opinions like everyone else you know everyone has a different one and we're talking about something which is hugely subjective there is no right there is no wrong when you're talking about taste, perception, aroma, and the rest of it, it's hugely subjective. But anyway, in terms of like Tim's question about buying new beers, Tim, I have to say, like I'm probably there's there's weeks where I'm pretty much like you. If there's new beers in, I'll go and grab them and I'll try them. But I also tend to have a stock, or I'll buy beers that I that I like an awful lot, and that will be Punks, Dead Pony Clubs, Kinsale Pale Ales. 
Brew Breweries, Roa, the McGargles Red, and, and you can all give me as much shit as you like about that one, but I stand over it. I like that beer. Um, I would also buy things like Galway Bay's Buried at Sea. Really like that beer an awful lot. Um, and I'd say other beers I put my hands on would probably be like some of the McGrath stuff. Um, yeah, I tend to, I tend to like, I'm definitely Mountain Man Green Bullet. Oakham Ales, I'm actually a huge fan of as well. Tend to like an awful lot of their beers. And I would say, what else? No, I'd say they're pretty much my regulars now at this point in terms of my interspersing of beers. Um, I would definitely put them in quite often in, in, a, in a mix of other beers. Like When I see new beers that are there, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to go try that. And I'll get a couple of new beers, but I may also pick up like a Buried at Sea, a Kintel Pale Ale, a Black IPA Session, maybe a Punk, maybe a Dead Pony Club, or 5am Saint, or McGargle's Red. You know, there are, these are just beers that I like to drink, and I get enjoyment out of them. Um, and I, I think that sometimes I like to get these other beers alongside new beers, and especially if it's going to be things like porters and stouts, I'll pick up some of my usual favourites because they're they're favourites of mine for a reason, and I'll actually start using them as benchmarks. Um, and if it comes for American-style uh, pale ales or IPAs, I'll pick up things like Sierra Nevada pale ale, or I'll pick up Torpedo for extra IPA if I'm going to put that next to... Um, because I think, you know what, while it's not an Imperial, I think it's actually a nice beer to put next to an Imperial IPA in terms of a benchmark. Um, and it's for that reason. Modus Operandi, Operandi again, same reason as well. Or some of the Stone beers. If I want to actually do a comparison of like a, a Pale Ale, I find Stone's ones are quite good for that. The only problem with Stone's ones is the freshness is always an issue, which tends to cause you a problem. Um, but this is the reason why I'll do this in dispersion. But you're not alone with that, Tim. There are some craft beer drinkers out there who, from one end of the year to the other, don't tend to have pints of the usual. And they'll actually, they'll when they find new beers, they'll just constantly be drinking new beers. Um... And you know what, there's nothing wrong with that, because I do believe that like the further along the craft beer journey you go, the more beers you try, even if you're keeping like track of them, like I tend to do it through untapped, uh, I tend to keep track of my beers. Now sometimes my comments are throwaway and quite nonchalant, but what I also do is I also have a spreadsheet that I keep. If there's beers that I really, really like, and if the brewers are one of those cool brewers who puts up the information in terms of what... Uh, what malts they're using, what hops they're using, if they'll give information about their yeast. You know what, I'll start making lists of these things. And if they're, one of, again, one of those super special brewers who'll tell you when they're actually using the hops, I'll mark that in my spreadsheet as well. And again, this helps me understand what I like about those beers and why. And if I can see any similarities between beers, then I can start drawing comparisons, which is why for me it's very easy for me to go, hey, you know, Kinsale Pale Ale and Punk IPA are fairly interchangeable uh, in terms of beers. And it's why for there was a period of time where like, I actually stopped buying Punk IPA because I was just so in love with uh, the Kinsale Pale Ale from Sam. Um, that that's all I bought as a replacement. Uh, and it, then there's times where, you know what, I just want something clean, I want something crisp, but I want something a little bit hoppy. And then, you know, Brew Breweries Rua, or the new re, new re-recipe is something that I really, really like. They've, they've hopped it up a little bit more. Um, from what I understand from talking with Dara, the plan is that they're going to sort of just up 
just update the recipe a little bit more to bring a little bit more bitterness into it. But they're going to do it over a staged period of time so you don't scare the shit out of people, which is good. Uh, I mean, I, I love brewers who do that, you know, who are very conscious of, you know what, we recognize the beer is good, but it could be like a little bit better. We're going to find ways to improve it and not make it too difficult. Brewdog did this with Punk IPA. Um, where I think they've actually now got the ABV of it down a little bit more. They've changed some of the hops that are in there as well. And, you know, I think it's actually for the better with that beer. And I think it's been a good thing. From what I understand from people who, like, for example, who know the difference between Tokyo, the old, the classic 16%, and the all-new 18.2%, some of those people have said to me that, you know what, massive difference between the pair of those and the 182 is actually a much better beer. And you know what? I really love that beer. It was, it's actually probably one of the... This is going to be cause some controversy, but fuck it. I'm going to say anyway. This is probably one of my top three beers I've ever had in my entire life. And it's not something that I'd want to be drinking constantly. But, you know, if someone said to me, hey, you can have three last beers before, uh, before you get sentenced to death. That's one of the three I'd definitely be taking. Uh, and it would be quite happy to. Uh, I just think that the beer scene that we have right now, if I look at where we are now, May 2014 compared to May 2013, we are so much further along than we were from May 2012 to May 2013. We have come a colossal distance in a year already in this country. We've had some fantastic new brewers pop up in this country. We've had some brilliant beers come out for some really inventive, really ingenious people. And you know what? It is because of people like, and again, I know people like took a bit of umbrage on my comment about Galway Hooker, but it is because of the likes of Galway Hooker, because of the likes of O'Hara's, because of these kind of beer um, companies being set up and being trailblazers that we're able to have the diversity that we have right now in this country. And you know what? If regardless of how your taste changes, a beer drinker, and especially as an Irish craft beer drinker, you cannot but deny. The amount of effort and the and the fact that these guys went through the headaches, hassles, and horseshit long before everyone else, and really blazed the trail for it, that made it possible in this country for other people to be able to come into the market, put their beers out there, and for this market to just grow and grow and grow. And I think when time we come around to May 2015 next year, I think we're going to have a fucking incredible market that will be much more mature. I think we're going to see a lot more beers. I think. I do I think we're going to have like double the amount of breweries that we have right now. I don't think we're going to be at that point. I still think we're going to have a couple of more ones open up, but I do think some of the the range of beers that we have being produced in this country is going to change. I think we are going to see more people develop core ranges and then put out more uh crazy beers. I think that is going to happen. And it, again, the simple reason is Irish craft beer drinkers are spending money on foreign beers that are crazy beers. As some people will tell you, if you're brewers, you go talk to me like, hey, I don't understand why people are buying American beers when the flavor profile is already starting to head towards the shitter when Irish beers are fresh. And I'll tell you why they're buying them. They're buying them in an awful lot of cases is because they're so looking for something which is a little bit more supercharged, a little bit more turbocharged. And again, there are some people like, well, you're going along the old, you're going to talk about. Uh, Lupulin stuff, and I'm like, oh, fuck off with that. Don't want to know about that. People's tastes change. Some people want turbocharged beers, some people want normal beers. I'm some of those people, like, if you've got an extreme beer, put it in front of me, I'll give it a crack. But at the same time, I wouldn't be 
Uh, I wouldn't feel like I was put under that much umbrage if someone stuck like a row in front of me or someone stuck a session or someone stuck, um, you know, one of those, one of the much lighter and sort of uh, more crisp, clean and regularly good and consistent Irish craft beers in front of me. I wouldn't be disappointed in the slightest. In fact, I'd be quite happy and quite content. Uh, it's just I'm one of those people that if you know if there's something a bit weird and wacky hell I'll go and try it because you know what you only live once go and try these fucking things and there's a, again you can learn an awful lot from the extreme side of things where there's certain flavors that you're getting which you're like you know what I'd like those flavors in a beer but I'd like them dialed back an awful lot less um, and again Tokyo great example of that uh, from drinking that I love the idea of cranberry into that I love the idea of the jasmine and the jasmine tea going into that and some of the hop hops that were in that as well. And I, I'm drinking it and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, I'd actually like a porter that was dialed back an awful lot but still retained some of these flavours because they are actually really nice. So something I think that I'm go, I might play around with as a bastard dog's beer at some point in the future. So these beers do serve a purpose besides the... Uh, sort of sending your tongue on the hop roller coaster as it were. I'd love to know what other people think about sort of the questions that Tim has brought up because I think you raised an awful lot of good questions. What do you think are great Irish beers, uh, Irish craft beers to introduce craft beer novices to or even foreign uh, craft beers to go and introduce uh, novices to? Um, what do you think about the whole thing of like do you, your beer hoarding? What do you keep? What do you not keep? send uh, an answer in you can do it by email or send it in on the twitters or his other question is you know about do you just constantly try craft beer new craft beers or do you intersperse it with regulars again send all the details in would love to know from from other people what they think about stuff like this and you know what that sound as always is for last orders. I want to thank Tim for sending in the mother of all emails to the show this week. And basically helping to decide what the show was going to be this week. It was such a great email. With so many really pertinent questions. It's really important. You know, had to put it in there. Remember, each week new episodes of the show are available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So when you're up there, drop a rating, drop a review. It helps the show climb the ladder to podcast charts. And remember, you can always hit up the show on the Twitter machines at 11pm somewhere. If you want to join the mailbag on any episode or one of the mailbag episodes, which I think we're going to have one at the end of this month, again, send an email, show at 11pm somewhere.com. So, until next time, other than me, you've been you. Last one left standing turns out the lights and also settles the bar tab. Cheers to you, craft beer drinker, Addy. The Irish Craft Beer subreddit contains all the latest news, reviews, blogs, and posts from around the internet about Irish craft beer. To find out more, check out www.reddit.com slash or slash Irish craft beer. Join the revolution.